Welcome to another episode of Here's What Jim Thinks. This one's going to be a tough one. It's for all the pet lovers out there that ever had a pet and had the pet die. Um, here's what I think. It sucks. Captain Obvious here. It is the hardest part about owning an animal is losing them. When they go, it is the hardest thing you'll ever have to go through. You know it's going to happen eventually, and it still hurts like hell. Um, I've lost a couple of the dogs, three dogs, three beagles to be exact. My favorite breed of dog ever in this world. I know why Charles Schultz picked Snoopy to be a beagle, because they are absolutely amazing dogs. Smart as hell, stubborn as hell, but they will love you to Pluto and back and more. They are the most loyal dogs ever created by God. We had Oscar and Andy. They were my buddies, man. Those two. I love those two. Oscar was my... Not that I really needed one, but he was my protector. Um, I remember one time walking with Oscar... And I was walking down the street in Connecticut in my house in New Fairfield. And we were walking, and we'd come up on this house where there was this driveway, and all these people were standing outside. And it was this huge German Shepherd. No leash, nothing. And he's standing there, and I'm walking, and all of a sudden, I, my arm yanks. And I look back, and Oscar stopped. He wouldn't move. And that dog saw him and Oscar was so smart he tricked that dog into thinking that he was afraid of it he was crouched down shivering like he was scared to death of this dog well that dog came charging down that driveway like a bull right at me and I went here we go so Oscar sees that dog coming, and just about when that dog's about to leap at me, and it was, it was trying to jump at me to knock me down, Oscar stood up on his hind legs, got his front paws underneath that dog's front paws, pushed him up in the air, spun him, and threw him to the ground, and had that dog pinned on its back, and he was snapping his teeth in that dog's face. I was like, wow, I have underdog here. And underdog, I don't know if you know this, is a beagle. And Oscar was like underdog. He commanded that dog to knock off the bullshit. And that dog got up and ran away back into his his yard and never saw him again. And I loved that dog. He was amazing. He would aggravate the hell out of me with the antics that he would pull. Ah, he was brutal. But I'll never forget, when he had that cancer, he had this big, giant, like, it was like the size of two golf balls big. It was huge on his front leg. From his knee to his his ankle. And there was nothing we could do. There was no operating on it or nothing. So we decided one night we were going to put him in the bathtub with really warm water. Water that he could, you know, as hot as he could stand it. We just soaked that thing in there, and all of a sudden it just 
oof, it burst open and all this shit came out of it and the skin came off and you could see right down to the bone. Oh, it was horrible. And we just put a bandage over it, some gauze, put an ace bandage on it, took him to the doctor the next day. They said that's all you could do for it. They did a better one for us. And he said he's just biding his time now. And it was so sad, and I was so pissed at myself because I was upstairs at this house we were living in, had two stories, and I was uh, on the phone with my dad at the time. And I went downstairs on the phone, and I had Oscar laying on my bed, and he was laying down because that's all he did at that point. He was just laying down and trying to sleep, and uh, I just tried to love him as much as I could. And uh, he passed while I was downstairs on the phone. I came back up and he was gone. And I was just crying my eyes out. I couldn't believe it. I cried like a baby. He was my best friend, man. And it was it was like a kick to the stomach by a mule. Oh, man, does that hurt when they die. And I didn't have anything to do with him. He always slept in our bed. And... He was, he was gone, but he was right there. I had him sleeping in my bed. And he was he was not alive. And I, I didn't care. I loved him that much. And we brought him to the vet the next day. And that is a moment that is extremely, extremely heart-wrenching. And I cannot believe I'm keeping it together right now telling this. When you hand off your pet... So that they can bring it to their crematorium and be cremated and you get them back. And that's the last time you'll ever see that dog's body ever again. It hits you like a goddamn freight train. Let me tell you, it hurts. It hurts bad. And when Andy, we had Andy with him, they were best of buddies. And Andy was just a goofball. He was a total goof, man. He was always getting into trouble, getting into things, and just being Andy. When we first got him, I came home one night, and there was uh, all these shavings all over my bed, and I could not, for the life of me, figure out what it was or where it came from. I'm like, what the hell is this? I'm touching it. I'm rubbing it between my fingers. I'm smelling it. I couldn't identify what that was to save my life. So I'm looking around the room. Finally, I just, for the last just effort, I just looked under the bed. And I said, you got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me, Andy. That dog took a five-pound bag of russet potatoes, got that bag on the bed with the potatoes in it, the whole five-pound bag on top of my bed, And he jumped up there with him. He got every single potato out of that bag. Didn't tear the bag apart, just a big enough hole to get potatoes out of it. He got every single potato out. He skinned every one with his teeth. And he ate the potatoes. He ate five pounds of raw potato. That's how crazy Andy was. That epitomized Andy. He was such a goofball, and he would do shit like that all the time. 
He was insane, that dog. But he was so lovable and goofy and stupid, you couldn't help but love the guy. He was just, you want to pick him up and squeeze him, and you're like, there's no way that dog, as cute as he is, that was the thing about him. He would do these monstrous deeds that monsters would do, and you look at him, and you're like, there's no way that dog did that. That act and that face do not match. Yeah, well, I hate to break it to you, but they do. And I finally realized that he shredded five pounds of potatoes and ate them raw. And then he dragged the bag under the bed so he wouldn't get caught. I don't know why he left the shavings there for me to find, but... That was Andy. And he had cancer too. And I remember one night I was holding him. And he just, he barfed and shit at the same time. And it was just all diarrhea. There was like this black goo that came out of both ends of him. And I just had a pair of underwear and slippers on. And that was it. And he went all over me. And I had to take him over to the sink and clean him off and clean myself off. And, I mean, it was just, all you could do was carry him around. And he would lay down and just lay there. And I felt so bad for him. And then... One day I went to work, and when I came home, he was on the couch, and he was gone. And I cried like crazy. I cried like a baby again, because I missed that goofiness of him. He was just so, so adorable and so goofy. Um, I mean, we took those two knuckleheads to Canada with us for our honeymoon. We went to Niagara Falls for our honeymoon. And we took those two knuckleheads, and they had—they probably had more fun than we did. It was great. And I had this little Suzuki Swift. It was like the same car as the Geo Metro, if you can remember the Geo Metro. And there was a shelf for a back part above the back seat where the window was. And Andy fit up there perfectly, and he sat there the whole time. He just curled up in a ball on that shelf and laid there the entire trip up and back. He loved that spot. He didn't want to move. And um, when we lost him, I was like, that's it. I said, no more dogs. I'm done. We had Tiger, a cat at the time. We had him. And Tiger was the really the only cat that I loved except for Felix. Felix was the first animal that Denise and I had together. And I loved Felix. She was great. She died um, the day Bill Clinton beat Bob Dole in the elections. It was the day she died the next day. I found her out in the road. She must have got hit by a car, and I cried over that because she was a great cat. She didn't bother nobody. She didn't do any stupid shit. She just hung out, and she'd come over to see you and how you were doing and, you know, and she'd go back doing her thing, and she never bothered me. She was such a great cat. So was Tiger. Tiger was uh, this lady that had him. She couldn't keep him anymore. So my wife was working at the vet in New Fairfield at the time in the town we lived in, and she was working at the vet, and the lady brought her in, and they were going to have to put him down if he couldn't find a home. And Of course, my wife said, no, nah, that's not happening. We just lost Felix, so we're getting Tiger. And I was cool with it. He was a cool cat. Kind of a little bit... He came off as a little bit of a, as a jerk. 
if you didn't know him well, but he just liked being by himself. He didn't want to be bothered by people. Every once in a while, he'd come around, he'd rub your leg, you know, and have you pet him, and then you wouldn't see him for long periods of time. He was a great cat. I loved him. He didn't like, he didn't warm up to me until towards the end of his life, and he would finally start letting me pick him up and hold him for a few minutes, and he was not one to be held long, but he'd let me hold him, and then uh, I got to really, I got really close to him towards the end, and uh, he had cancer too, and then he started where he wasn't eating, and I guess... Apparently with cats, when they get cancer, they can't smell anymore. And when they can't smell, they won't eat. And he just wasn't eating. And he just emaciated away to nothing. And then he died. And I cried over that. That was hard. It is so hard when you lose these animals, boy, let me tell you. Because they're part of your family. They're, they're family members. And they just, they're not animals anymore. I mean, they are, but you know what I mean. And then, six months after Andy died, I was adamant, no more pets, I'm done. I can't take the heartache and the work of an animal anymore. I can't do it, it's too much. Well, the three geniuses that I lived with at the time, meaning my wife, my daughter, and my son, they pulled the sneakiest, smartest move that you could imagine they went and got Lily no I'm sorry let me back up here wrong dog they went and got Rose wrong flower (laughs) they went and got Rose she was half beagle half I don't know but she had two different sets of papers one said half beagle half terrier the other said half beagle half coonhound or something I don't know but she was definitely half beagle and the face was definitely the beagle part. And she's got that brindle coat. And they brought her home as a baby the day before my birthday. And they said, as they handed her to me, they said, Happy birthday, Dad. Meet Rosie. And of course, I don't know if you've ever seen that episode of Bugs Bunny where he's in the airplane and it's screaming towards the earth, and he doesn't know how to stop the plane from hitting the ground. And he literally just, his whole body melts, and he oozes out of the chair. That's what happened to me when I saw my rose. And I said, give me that dog. I'm bringing her back to the pound. And I walked out the door, and I picked her up, and I looked at her, and I saw that cute face and that little body and how cute she was. And, of course, being the emotional guy I am I bawled like a little baby because I fell in love with that dog immediately I was in love with her and she was mine and I was hers and she still is and I love that dog she's a pain in the ass major pain but you talk about smart oh my god you talk about smart that dog is smart we have a set of bells that hangs on a strap on our door And we taught her how to ring those bells when she has to go out to the bathroom. And then now she does it where she runs over, rings the bell, you open the door, and she stands there staring at you. Then you got to play the guessing game with her, which she's pretty good at. What do you want, dog? And she'll walk over and stare at the water bowl, and you'll look at it. Yep, it's empty. (laughs) And you go get her water. 
Or she'll do that with her food bowl. Yep, time to eat. Let's get you some food. Or what she loves to do is we keep her treats for her and Jewel in the laundry room. She'll go dancing into, I mean, literally hopping up and down on her front and back legs, dancing, going into the laundry room. Okay, you want a treat? And sure enough, that's what she wants. Very, very smart dog. Anyway, I said, that's it. No more. You're not duping me again. I don't care what you do. You're not duping me again. So, I think it was about a year and a half or so. I forget how long it was, but we got Rose and we are on... Um, still hollow over there one street over from the one we're on now and we moved into the new house and they came home from the pound on Valentine's Day with Lily new flower happy Valentine's Day dad I said you gotta be kidding me now Lily wasn't a baby first I was furious and I wanted to take her back I wanted nothing to do with her thank god cooler heads prevailed and I smartened up and I kept her this dog was was, we were her fifth owner two or three people just opened the door and let her out she was found wandering around eating out of garbage cans and whatnot. she was overweight a lot overweight She's the size, she was Andy's size. She looked just like Andy, the 13-inch beagle, and Oscar was the 15-inch. And she was a mess. Had diabetes, her eyes were bad. She was just a mess. She was older, and I fell in love with her, too. I cried because I fell in love with that dog. I said, this is, I finally have a beagle again. And I just, I love that dog. I carried her everywhere. I was always walking around carrying her. I hated leaving her home because I didn't want to leave her by herself. I just loved that dog greatly. And the diabetes just was too much on her. And we got her to lose the weight, and I thought the diabetes would turn around after that. But I don't think the vet knew what the hell he was doing. And we spent a lot of money on that dog. We had so many times where she had to go to the emergency vet, and one time she had her intestines get all twisted and tangled up, and apparently it's common for dogs. And the food and everything was going to a spot, and then it was stopping and it was backing up. It wasn't had no way to go any farther to get out of the dog through the, you know, peeing and pooping. So she had to have this major surgery that most dogs don't survive, and she did. She survived it like a trooper. She was one of the toughest dogs I ever met next to Oscar. I prayed to God, crying my eyes out in that vet, to please save her. Don't let her go. I love this dog too much. And he, she, she survived. And we took care of her. And, you know, we had to do things with her and give her insulin every day and give her these pills every day. And then... You know, it got to the point where the diabetes was just getting more and more of a hold on her. And she couldn't do things. She couldn't walk. She was starting to have trouble seeing, walking into things. And I just, I was carrying her most of the time anyway. And um, 
one time we left the house and it was getting to the point where we couldn't even leave the house without her coming with us because she would get into things. You'd leave her in our bedroom and you come home and she's all tangled up in the wires by the side table. The cord for the lamp would get all around her and stupid shit like that. And we left one day and we came back and we had this big heavy blanket on the floor. It was Memorial Day weekend. Somehow that dog got all wrapped up in that blanket and we come home and I hear her panting like crazy. Oh, scared me to death. I thought she was going to die. And I think that contributed to her early leaving this earth early. I wanted to punch myself in the face. I got her out of that blanket. I took her out in the kitchen and I stood under this fan with her and I had the fan blowing on her. And then we put these cold compresses on her like my wife came up with that idea. And then I just, we held a bowl up to her face. Her tongue was hanging out of the side of her mouth. And we just stuck her tongue in the water. And when she wanted to lick, she did. And then, you know, eventually she came back around a little bit. And then we took her to the emergency vet again. I think we 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 had this running joke that we we went and we bought this little pink bag and put labels on it. It said Wee Wee's Memorial Day Emergency Vet Bag. So anything she needed to go to the vet with, we'd put it in there. Well, she didn't make it to this more Memorial Day, unfortunately, but um, she finally passed. And again, I wasn't there again. I had her laying on the bed with Denise, right next to Denise. And I went to the bank for something, to the ATM to get money or something for the next day. And I come home and walked in the room and I said, how's she doing? And we both looked at her and she was gone. Denise didn't even know it. She passed away so quietly. And man, let me tell you, I was the most distraught I've ever been in my life. If I was that distraught over my pet, I can't even imagine, like my stepsister, um, Sherry, lost her daughter when she was 18 years old a couple years ago. I can't even imagine how horrible horrifying that that was um every time I look at a picture of this girl I I just start crying immediately because I I can't even imagine the loss of a child I know the pain of losing a pet and it's bad trust me it's bad but I can't even I I would just put a bullet in my head the pain would be too much I I couldn't live through that I'd be like listen I'm just gonna join you I can't take it There's no way I could lose either one of my kids. No way. I wouldn't survive it. Because I felt how bad it was when I lost Lily. And I'm like, I couldn't survive one of my kids going. Or my wife. I'm going to be... When my wife, if she dies before me, forget it. I might as well join her. Go buy two bullets. One for the floor in case I drop one. And that's the end of that. But... After Lily, we both decided that's it, we're done. And I was grateful that my wife decided that no more animals, no more dogs. Um, But unfortunately, I had to go to Florida, and my brother John down there had a dog named Jewel. She looks like a pit bull, but she's a blackmouth cur, and he was about to have his first child. His wife was pregnant with their first kid. And he was worried about if they had the baby with the dog, the dog 
They weren't worried about the dog attacking her. Jewel would never do that. They were worried about when Jewel walked by the the baby, that tail wagon would hit her in the head or in the face or somewhere. And that tail is like an iron rod, boy. When she wags it, it hurts like hell. I've gotten whacked with it a couple of times. That dog is stout. That dog is muscular. That dog is strong as hell. And let me tell you, she attacked Lily one time. I almost forgot about that part. Lily showed her ass at the water bowl to Jewel. And Jewel said, no, we don't play that fucking game here. That's not how we roll. So she went after Lily and we got them separated. And then another time they went after each other, got them separated. And then the third time, I'm laying in bed sleeping, taking a nap. And I hear all this noise. I come running out in the living room. And Jewel's got Lily in her mouth by the back of the neck. Tearing her up. Tearing her ass up. She had a cut. A a huge opening. From the left shoulder all the way across the back of her neck to the right shoulder. And I tried to run it over there and grabbing Jewel's mouth by the bottom jaw. And I was going to pry it open. Well, I got my thumb in one side... And I went to put my fingers in the other side, and I couldn't because Lily was in there. Right in the way. So Jewel's trying to bite Lily, but with my thumb in there, it was stopping her. But let me tell you something. That was probably the most painful thing I ever went through in my life, and I've broken two bones. I was standing there literally thinking, this fucking dog is going to gnaw my thumb off. It's going to bite through the bone and just gnaw my thumb off. I was convinced of that. So finally, we both, me, I mean, because Jason and Denise were trying to get the dog out at first, and when I came in there, it was the three of us. Jason and I traded blows and were pounding the dog shit out of Jewel's nose and face. I mean, we were both, I would hit her, and when I pulled my hand back, his fist was hitting her, and he pulled his back, and then mine was hitting. I mean, we were raining blows on that dog and that dog is one tough fucking animal let me tell you it was like punching a grizzly bear in the face all I was doing was pissing her off it wasn't hurting her at all and finally she let go because Jewel gets in these moments where when she gets mad you just see it in her eyes she just boink a switch goes off and she just turns into a raging animal and it's scary I've had to confront it many times because John made her like that. But I don't back down and I don't show fear. Believe me. And anyway, we got her out. And for the rest of Lily's life, for a good solid three years, we had to keep those two separated. Could not go in the same rooms with each other. Nothing. And I think over time, Jewel finally started to forget about it. Because there was one time close to after that happened where she, they almost got to each other and we intervened. We got in between them and they couldn't. But towards the end, I made a colossal gigando, what the fuck is wrong with you, idiot mistake. (laughs) And I still to this day don't know what the fuck I was thinking or how I even did it. And how nothing happened. I was leaving to go somewhere. And I was leaving the house. 
and it was before Lily was getting to the point where we couldn't keep her anywhere in the house by herself. She was still able to be by herself, so we would put her in the bedroom, and she would be fine. I'm walking around with her on my arm, carrying her, and for some reason I put Jewel in the cage that we have for her, and I put Lily right in the fucking cage with her, and they just sat there next to each other for a good five minutes, and then I went, holy shit, what did I just do? It dawned on me that what I did and I ran in there and I opened the cage door and they were sniffing each other and I went, oh my God, I just averted disaster. If that's not an act of God, I don't know what is. Oh, it scared the shit out of me. And another story I could tell you about Andy. I almost forgot about this one because wacky Andy boy. Down here in South Carolina, they have this thing called Pet Med. Now, it sounds like a great idea. This vet goes around to different areas and he'll set up a sign saying, Pet Med will be here on the weekend of August 24th and 25th, or whatever it is. And they go from spot to spot to spot, and the thing's constantly moving around. You'll be driving around the Greenville area and you'll see it in different spots all over the place every few weeks or so. And this guy travels out to the spot, and he has a van, and he gives vaccinations to dogs and cats. So he was down the street from us one time, and he's really cheap compared to the vet. But I will tell you now, from experience, do not, under any circumstances, go to fucking pet med. Stay away from pet med. Go to your vet. We go down there with Andy and one of the cats that Heather had, Charlie. Charlie and I didn't see eye to eye. That cat didn't like me for nothing. So we go down there. Charlie's in a cat carrier. Good, solid cat carrier. Good door. Couldn't get out. Nice and shut. Nice and tight. I'm carrying Andy. He's on my arm. He's laying right across my forearm. So the guy gets out of this van, and he's got a lab coat on, and this pocket was huge. He must have had a hundred needles in there. And he comes walking over to me, and I said, whoa, what the fuck are you doing? I said, are we going in the van? He goes, oh, no, we do it right out here. He grabs a needle, takes the top off, swipes it with an alcohol swab, bang, jabs it in Andy's hip, pushes it in. Okay, you're all set. I went, whoa. Oh, I said, that's how it's going to be, huh? I said, oh, boy. How the hell are we going to do this with Charlie? That was the most skittish cat I'd ever been around in my life, man. You fart too loud, and that cat was on the moon. So I start panicking. I'm holding on to Andy. And all of a sudden... And thank God Heather wasn't there. It was her cat. Thank God she wasn't there. It was me, Jason, and Denise. This stupid-ass doctor, Mushmouth, he had marbles in his mouth. I couldn't understand a word he was saying. He's telling him to stand the cat carrier on its end with the door facing towards the sky. I don't know if he told them to open it. 
or if they just decided they were going to open it, I don't know who fucked it up. That cat sprung out of that goddamn cat carrier like there was a spring on his ass, and it shot him up in the air. I'm six foot two, and he went higher than me. He went above my head. And I'm holding Andy in my left arm, going, oh my God, I'm watching this in slow motion. That cat is going to hit the ground running. He is going to be the epitome of that expression, hit the ground running. And I said to myself, he is not going to give a shit where he runs as long as he's running and as long as he's not here anymore in this spot. It's all he cares about, getting away from the spot and running as fast as he can. The direction he runs doesn't matter. And I'm like, he's going to run right into Wade Hampton because we're on the side of Wade Hampton Boulevard. Three rows going north and three rows going south. Six lanes of traffic. Eight if you include the two turning lanes. Or seven or whatever, but still. I went, oh, he's going to hit the ground and he's going to run like a son of a bitch. Well... He hit the ground. Now keep in mind, the whole time this is going on, I am holding Andy. Okay? Never dropped him, never put him down, nothing. He's laying across my forearm, my left arm. No, he was on my right arm. I'm sorry, he was on my right arm. So Charlie lands, he hits the ground, and somehow God spun him to where he was facing me. So when he took off like a shot... He ran straight at my legs and I stopped him and I reached down and I grabbed him and I almost had him and he tried to bite me and he turned and he was headed right in the direction of Wade Hampton. He got loose and I slammed my hand on him again. Remember, still holding Andy. So I got him, and I I had him by the hip. I had a big wad of skin and hair and leg. I mean, I had such a hold on him. I had so much meat in my hands, he was going nowhere. Well, that son of a bitch, when I picked him up, he reared his head back, and he sank those teeth into my forearm like you wouldn't believe. He was like a snake. He just reared back in those two front teeth, those big long ones. Wham! I could feel it in the bone. He hit me so hard. And he was not letting go of that bite. He bit down and he was staying bit down. So I was like, okay, we have a firm grip on each other. He's not going any fucking where. So I turned to the wife with Andy in my arm still. And I said, hun, take the fucking dog, will you please? So she took Andy finally. And now I just got uh, Charlie on my arm and in my hand and I took that fucking cat carrier and I jammed him down in there and I was pushing on him to try to get him to pop out in China I was pushing so fucking hard I wanted him to go through the earth and pop out and end up in China slam the fucking door but I had to I had to take his head and pull his head off like a snake because those teeth were hooked They were like a hook shape. So if I had pulled straight out, I'd have pulled flesh off my arm. So I had to pull it back. And I got him jammed in there. Fucking blood's running down my arm because he bit me near my 
elbow on my forearm. Blood's running down my arm. That asshole doctor comes over there with some peroxide and he's spraying it all over my arms. And this lady, everybody there, the whole time this is going on, there, there had to be about 15 people there. Not one single asshole helped me. Nobody. And I'm not calling my wife and son an asshole, but they didn't help me either. Neither one of them jumped in to help. Nothing. I did it all by myself. And all I hear the whole fucking time I'm doing this is these women going, Oh my God. 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 That's all I heard the whole time. And this lady comes over to me and she goes, Sir, I got to tell you, I've never seen anybody hold on to a cat that was biting them that long. How the hell did you do that? I said, well, I had two choices. I said, I could get the cat and get bit and get the shit clawed out of me or bit or whatever. Or the cat gets away and he's dead. I said, that wasn't an option because my daughter would have killed me if it was. I said, I couldn't do it. I could not let that happen. There was no way in hell I was letting that cat die. Now, I would tell you that that cat should have known that I saved his life and I was his savior. I should have been his best buddy. Nope. That cat hated me even more after that. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck you. I saved your life, pal. And I'll, I'll hold that over your head every day of my life. But that was a... Ugh, what a story that was. But anyway, the point of this whole podcast is about animals dying. And he happened to die in a fire at our house. So we had... That was another fiasco. Another great C-O-N... W-A-Y. That's another podcast for another day. So the fire's going on, and we got all the animals out except Charlie. Couldn't find him. So then, no, it wasn't Charlie. It was Piglet. I'm sorry. I'm getting my animals mixed up. Piglet was a cat that Heather had and just adored that cat like there was no tomorrow. Piglet was in the house. And these goofy goddamn firemen, I swear to God, when you think of southern hillbilly fucks like that, these were the epitome of that, these guys were. So, this guy gets out of the truck, and he's got tie wire around the hose, and he's undoing the tie wire sitting down Indian style in my front yard. I said, are you fucking kidding me? Really? It'll be lunchtime by the time that thing gets undone. This was six o'clock in the morning when it happened. So finally they get the fire out and we're telling him we lost a cat. And he goes, Oh, hold on a minute. He comes out with a laundry basket and he's shaking it like shake and bake with the cat in there. Is this your cat? And I said, no, that's the neighbors. And that asshole ran right back in the house to look for another cat. Unbelievable. But there was this little side path on the side of our house that was about maybe 10 feet wide and went the length of the house. I just mowed the whole thing down. It was nice and neat, little alleyway. There was Tiger sitting there waiting for us to come get him. Just sitting there 
looking straight down the alley towards the front yard, just sitting there waiting. He was such a cool cat, man. And the other one was sad that they died. When we told the kids that day, ugh, they were devastated. But I'm telling you, it's it's very, very hard to lose a pet. It is excruciatingly hard. Uh, they, my kids lost their mind that day. And there's just the worst part about it is there's nothing, absolutely nothing you can do, man. You just, you know it's happened and you can't change anything and it's like, deal with it. It's like, how do I deal with it? I don't know what to do. My mind doesn't know how to comprehend this fact that this animal is no longer with us. I don't know what to think or what to do about it. It's horrible. It's the worst feeling in the world, man. And I'm not going to have any more pets. I mean, when Jewel and Rose are gone, I'm done with dogs. No more. And I love dogs. I mean, if I ever won the lottery, I told my wife, I said, listen, I win the lottery for gigantic multi-millions of dollars, like over 200 million or something like that, I'd have to win. I will buy a farm somewhere that will have a huge amount of acreage and I will hire a landscaping company to keep that grass landscaped perfectly and I will have a veterinary staff on my property. They will come to work every day with an office and everything and I will have all kinds of beagles there. I will scour the country for every single shelter that has an animal that's a beagle and I'm taking it and I will also help if you have other dogs that don't have a home and they need one and you're going to put it down because you don't have the money to take care of it here here's a trust fund tap into it every time you need food medical attention flea medication whatever it is keep the dog alive until you find a home for it and I'll even pay for the advertising to find a home or whatever. I would do that because I love dogs that much. I'd probably even do it for cats too. Because cats are animals and I, I just I care about animals. I love them. Um, my friend Robert Cunningham from Christ, I've known him from second grade. His dog is going to be 20 years old. And he's had her since she was a puppy. And I am scared scared to death over what it's going to be like for him when he loses that dog I will cry like it was mine for him because I I, I never, I'm the longest I ever I mean I had Oscar and Andy 18 years so I know what he's going to go through with 20 and I, I just I, my heart goes out to him Every time I see pictures of that dog on Facebook, I, I, I get sad because it's like that dog can't live forever. <clears throat> and he's going to be devastated when that dog goes. And my heart goes out to him. <clears throat> my heart really goes out to these people that lose their dogs by getting hit by a car. That that just, there's, there's no reason for that. That's just carelessness on everybody's part. And I don't blame the people. I mean, stuff happens like that. Shit happens. You can't, you can't control everything. And we were fortunate enough where none of our animals got hit by a car. Thank God. 
and I hope these two never do either. Um, but if you see somebody's pet, man, just enjoy these animals while they're here, because they don't—they're not here long. And you know, if you have dogs or you have cats, hug them and tell them you love them every day. I mean, come on, be a man and or be a woman. And hug that dog, hug that cat. Look it right in the eyes and say, I love you, dog. I love you to the moon and back. Or I love you, kitty or cat or whatever you call them. Tell them you love them to the moon and back. They love you unconditionally, man. They would do anything for you that they could. They know that you're taking care of them. And they love you. There's total unconditional love with the animals. So that's my thoughts. And what I think about losing a pet. Thanks for listening. See you on the next one. Bye.